Welcome to another Zusammen. Hi, Zip. Hi, Zip. Hi, Yossi. Hi, Yossi. Yossi Klar in Israel. Right. Yossi was born ultra-Orthodox, and at age of 19, he crossed the lines right. to our side. Hi, Yossi. Where are you now? Uh, I'm at home in Jerusalem. Oh, are you still in Jerusalem? The Holy Yes. City. Where were you born? Where were you born? I was born in Jerusalem. Oh, so when you born to Borough Park? Uh, when I was 10 years old, my family decided to move to the United States. My father started a business with his brother uh, in New York. So we moved. Uh, I lived there for two years between oh. the age of 10 and 12. That explains the English. Uh, that's where I picked up Yiddish as well. Uh, and then we came back to Israel. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't have Yiddish in Jerusalem, only in Borough Park? No, I did not have Yiddish in Jerusalem because I grew up in a Hasidic sect, in a Hasidut, that did not speak Yiddish. It's called Slonim, Hasidut Slonim, and they don't speak, uh, they don't speak Yiddish. But they speak only Hebrew? Yes. We studied huh? in Hebrew. We talked to each other in Hebrew. It changed in the past few years. They started to talk more, to speak more Yiddish. But uh, when I grew up there, it was only English. Uh, so, Hebrew, sorry. So Yossi, tell us how is it to, how do you get to cross the, the line and what's what happening? Um, okay, it's a, it's a it big question. Like, it looks like you survived Shtisil. Everybody knows Shtisil here. So you look like you survived Shtisil, but you, but you moved to the other side, to the Fauda side. This is the American it's idea Fauda about side. Israel, Shtisil and Fauda. Okay. Yeah, true story. Um, so um, I, as I said, we moved to the States for two years. I, I lived in Borough Park, which is an ultra-Orthodox neighborhood, uh, ultra-Orthodox really friends, Hasidic friends. And you had peot? You had peala? Peas. You had peas? I had peas, but they were not uh, in the front. They were behind my uh, ears. Uh, again? How many siblings? Uh, we're only five. Sorry oh, to disappoint. That's it? Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Like the drought, like Batsoret. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we came back from Borough Park and? Uh, we came back from Borough Park. I went to the same school, but ultra-Orthodox in the States are a lot more open sure. than ultra-Orthodox in Israel. They work. We had science studies at school. Uh, I studied English, math. Women. Uh, and when I, yeah, And when I came back, um, I saw the difference and that caused me to start asking questions. Oh, wow. uh, those questions led uh, to me uh, asking the adults around me, then the officials in the yeshiva. Uh, and when I saw that they don't know, because it's not that they didn't want to answer, it's that they've never heard of these questions. They never knew that like ultra-Orthodox men work in New York or that we studied science. Um, when they didn't have any answers, I went to Rabbi Google, started asking Google. Uh, all these questions and those questions led to bigger questions that led to bigger questions that led to bigger questions that at the end eventually caused me to become uh, non-orthodox, not religious. Um, but that wasn't when I left. It took a few more years of me staying inside. I was 16 years old when I decided that I'm not going to be ultra-orthodox, but I didn't want to leave home. I didn't really have where to go to. Um, so uh, I stayed a few more years and then I uh, left right around the time where I enlisted to the army. 
So your parents, your parents knew that you are, they were part of the journey? You, you, you talked? You talk um, I, did, I didn't share too much. Uh, I didn't know how they would uh, respond, but uh, I think they could have guessed. Uh, I moved from one yeshiva to the other, and I was not as serious as I used to be. Uh, I didn't go to uh, put on tefillin every morning. I mean, if, if, if anyone cared to look, they would have seen that I was not very ultra-Orthodox at that time. Yossi, how did American Orthodox uh, react to the fact that in Israel they're not working they're only studying. It's it's very different. I mean, they're very attached and it's very different. How does it work between the two sides? Um, so I think um, they don't talk about it that much. There isn't really an influence of American uh, orthodoxy on Israel. Mostly it seems like the Israeli leadership leads the entirety of the ultra-orthodox world. So if there is an Adumo, like a Rebbe, for a Hasidic sect, he would probably be living in Israel mostly, and the influence would come from Israel. There are some Hasidic sects that have their rabbis in the States, but mostly like the big uh, Hasidoyot or Hasidic sects have their leaders in Israel, and also with the Litaim, Lithuanian Jews and Sephardi Jews. Uh, but I do think that what's, what is interesting is that they think they're wrong. I mean, at least in my experience, I have some friends who are still ultra-Orthodox, and some of them are Americans, who live in Israel or are still abroad. And when we talk about the ultra-Orthodox in Israel, they think it's wrong that they're not working. They think it's wrong that they're not seeing themselves as a part of the host state where they live. Um, and they also, uh, it's it's rare to see an American marry an Israeli. It's not something that happens a lot. And it's not just Americans. It could be from the UK or from Australia. If you come from a background of working people, and there are a lot of very, very successful ultra-Orthodox Jews, um, you usually look for uh, something similar. You're not going to go for an Israeli because that seems to be in the Shiduch market. It's uh, less uh, attractive. Your parents were upset that they exposed you to regular education, that you really came back it's to It's not Israel. regular education, it's a, it's no. a religious but has no, 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 I'm talking about but the regular education that he was exposed to, uh, because if they wouldn't have gone to Brooklyn, you would be the same. The chances um, that you would leave maybe would be much smaller. That's, that's a good question. And I, I've asked them once and they gave a politically correct answer. <laughs> but I, I'm sure that in some way they wished I was not exposed to so much uh, of the world. Because clearly, I mean, I, I for me, it's very clear that this was the point where coming back, when you're given freedoms, you don't notice that you have those freedoms. When they're taken away from you, that's when you start noticing, well, things are different. Yeah. Uh, Let me go so to the end. I would like to go almost to the end and then go back to the journey. So okay. what you, what did you what you retain? What do you have still in yourself that you slept from being an Orthodox Jewish boy um, coming so out? So I, I love this question, and I wouldn't I wouldn't say I slept. I, I'd say I proudly own. Yeah, but it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love the cuisine. I love the food. So I still find myself going to Masha and to get some uh, chulent and kugel, and and it's uh, one of my favorite things to do. My friends think I'm crazy, but I just love it. Uh, I love the music. Uh, I still have a lot of friends, a lot of family connections that I kept uh, because it's important for me. 
And I was very fortunate to have a family that's not, uh, you know, they didn't disown me. They didn't uh, get rid of, uh, they didn't want to get rid of me as a part of the family. Um, so I feel like I do live in both worlds. Clearly, I don't look very ultra-Orthodox, but I do still see myself as a part of that community, although I chose to leave. So everyone... Again? What about God? Oh, he was left behind. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> he was left behind. <laughs> he was left behind? So you don't say moderni, which means thank you, God, every morning and every evening? No, I do not. Uh, I'm not religious anymore at all, but I did find my... I, I feel like I, through leaving the ultra-Orthodox community, I became more Jewish, if that makes sense. I mean, yes. I found my Jewish identity, which is not ultra-Orthodox, it's not necessarily ultra-Orthodox, and growing up, it was the only way of being Jewish, and first time I felt proud of my Judaism and actually a part of the Jewish world, which culturally, I mean, was after I left the ultra-Orthodox community, which was, for me, very interesting and very refreshing. Can you a little bit touch, what do you mean by carry with me culturally, and there is any something specific that you can put your finger on? Uh, from my Haredi uh, heritage? No, or from... what, uh, so your Jewish identity now. Oh, okay. So um, I'm very proud to be Jewish, which is something that I feel like wasn't clear or isn't clear to many why, of my friends. Why proud? Um, because it's my heritage. It's my community. It's my culture. And I think uh, there's a lot in it. Uh, starting with the state of Israel or ending maybe with the sta state of Israel in this generation, but also going back. We have a very long story, which I'm very proud of. I live in Jerusalem. Uh, uh, my family came here in the uh, 1900s, so wow. 1860-something. You're a Yichis, like where from? Yeah. Mayflower. Um, so that part of the family came from a region where is today Russia. Um, they came by boat. They ran away. Uh, from secularism uh, <laughs> in uh, Europe. It followed them to Israel uh, when the, the Zionist movement came to Israel. Uh, but for me, this is my story. This is my culture, and I love it. I mean, I love the fact that I live in Jerusalem. I love the but fact that this they is my grew up. They grew up Orthodox or secular? My family? Grew, everyone grew up. Everyone. We're Orthodox. Yeah. You're the first one. You're the first yeah. one to be secular. So are you schizophrenic? <laughs> Why? What do you mean? It's a, you know, half, half, it is, you know. I don't think uh, so. Well, it's, I don't Look speak, I don't, come on, I don't speak uh, clinically. I speak, no, of course. He, he has, no? It doesn't look like he has doubts. Yeah, I think he, I, everybody who is smart has doubts. If you don't have doubts, you know, you cannot be a um, good man without doubts. Are you, um, I'm okay. Are you married? Again? Are you married? Yes. Do you have yes. kids? No, not yet. So we don't have to One, look for him. For no, Shida, no, no. But right? once you have kids, it's interesting because how you raise them. And is your wife come from the same background or is she secular? So she comes from a similar background. She comes. She grew up the uh, Tilomi, or as you call it, modern Orthodox in the States. Right. Um, but similar background. I mean, same, uh, uh, same, same religion, same books, etc. Uh, but to your question of uh, am I schizophrenic and regarding the kids, I don't I don't have doubts. 
as much as I feel free to change, uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about Art for Change with Sino Shinoi, the organization that I was a part of, uh, the, the people who established it. But I see myself as a changing person. And I'm very happy to change. So mm -hmm. I don't feel like it's regrets as much as it's I'm open to changing. I'm open to, to reshifting and, and to reshaping my life. So 10 years ago, if you would have talked to me, I would have said that I'm a, 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 an atheist activist who is against religion and, and, and Judaism. And, 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 and I was anti everything. And now I'm more open to things. Uh, but it doesn't come from a place of doubt. It comes from a place of me growing into where I want to be in. I don't feel like uh, uh, change is a bad thing. And I don't think, I don't take life that seriously, to be honest, to, to, to hold on to beliefs yes, that are... Talking with you, it sounds all so beautiful. Oh, it's so this, No, no, no. But we know that there are so many that struggle terribly. It's hard for them to be inside. It's hard for them to go outside. They're not getting any support. They're disowned. They're all alone in the world. They don't have money. They don't have home. They sleep outside. They sleep on the bench. They sleep in the park. They're being helped by other people. But it's really, I mean, you can, you can sit back and figure out and think. You still have your roots. You're everything you don't have to fight it you can find your way and you get the support and you have the privilege of as much as it's complicated and it will deal you know you will have this conversation with yourself all the time you don't have to fight for it you don't have to suffer well where what sure. do you it doesn't get any you know the the, the, the religious a... kids get a lot from the government if he wants to go out and study, it's right? No, look no, it. no, it's not that easy, Tipi. It's for not religious? Ultra-religious that want to move yeah. away no, no, from their... Stay Haredi and get... I'm case. not talking about that. I'm not talking, I'm talking about people in like... They him. don't get the they same rights. They don't have any... They don't have a home. What are you talking about? They don't have family. Silly, let's be specific. Family. A religious boy... Who wants to stay religious, Haredi, even why? Wait a minute. No, no, I'm not waiting a minute because we're talking to Yossi, who moved away from the Orthodox community to be secular. I'm talking about. He doesn't have rights. I'm talking about kids, younger kids like him, that don't have the opportunity to have a family connection, to have support, to have the love that they need to help them to go through this. And we're talking also about those who became Orthodox. And, and I think they're even tougher on their kids who don't want to become Orthodox like their parents. So you tell right? us the situation. What's going on? I know that you're a bit more privileged, but you, you, you uh, did you open this uh, movement of uh, uh, helping tell us about kids like it, you? Yeah, so... So uh, I get both of what you're saying. I think you're talking about slightly different things, but uh, um, yes, so I, I've been very fortunate and very privileged to still have my family, to be able to stay and live with my parents when I decided to leave throughout my army service. That's not something I take for granted, and it's not definitely not something that's happening for everyone. It's happening more and more. You're seeing more and more people leaving uh, percentage-wise, out of the ultra-Orthodox community, we're talking about 15% of every wow. uh, year group that's leaving, Shnaton, 
Um, and you're seeing more and more families staying in touch because it became something that's very uh, popular. It's happening more and more. So no point in fighting it. If you can beat them, sort of join them. And that's what's happening. Um, but for many years, until we came about with Yotzina uh, Shinoi, or Out for Change, as we call it in English, um, we didn't have any rights. So the government used to invest a lot of money and a lot of efforts into getting Haredim to integrate into Israeli society. Um, investments in, a, it, it came to a half a billion shekels a year uh, for army service in special units, uh, for scholarships, for special colleges, uh, employment programs, centers. Um, and the, the criteria to get that help was that you are ultra-Orthodox. And when I came looking like this, they said, well, you're not ultra-Orthodox. And then I said, well, if I put a kippah, is that good enough? And then they said, yes. And that does not make a lot of sense, because if the idea is to help people integrate into Israeli society, then look at me. I'm integrated. I want to integrate. I'm willing to give up a lot to integrate, to support me as well. So for many years, there was no support, and there was discrimination. Um, and Did me... It's a political, um, the reasons are political, they were afraid from the... Not only, they don't want... Not only, it was just... They don't want to lose their kids to the other side. But the, but the country... The, you know, yeah, the, so the state, it was Tipi, mostly... No, I think Tipi is mixing two things. Because there is the policy how to handle the ultra-Orthodox community in Israel by the government. Right. But I'm talking about the community itself, when citizens of the community, members of the ultra-Orthodox community want to become seculars, it has nothing to do with politics. They want to have their kids with them. It's well, like I think you want, yeah. okay. you want but your he didn't son, get help, it's a political decision. You want your son to marry a Jewish girl? Yes. That's it. That's we're talking about no, that. We're talking about. Talking oh, but about I, I get, I get the question that Tipi asked. I think what Tipi is asking: Were politicians against supporting people who left, and did they stop us from getting help? So the answer is no. It didn't even get to that level. It was just the way those programs were built inside the Haredi community and for the Haredi community that excluded us. And between us, it makes sort of. It sort of makes sense. I mean, if you're opening up a, a separate class for Haredi men, you don't want me to be a part of it, and I don't want to be a part of you that class. You between the chairs. It's really like... Exactly. We, we so who is to blame when you go out that they didn't get the proper education? So to who's to blame? Your citizen. Who, you know, so, who has to pay for it now? I, I agree. I don't think anyone has to pay for it, uh, in a sense. I think it's the interest of the state to support us and help us integrate in the best way. I mean... Uh, I blame the, the the government for not supplying proper education. I blame the government for turning an eye for many years and then looking surprised when this we come to this situation and then look shocked. Whilst for 75 years, we, we know exactly where we're headed. The government um, is giving up because they want the support of the ultra-Orthodox. And, they, and, it's, it's, and it's been like that since, and it's been like that since Ben-Gurion, nothing new. So I, it's, it's new. we've been doing the same thing, expecting other results. And you know what Einstein said about that. Um, so, uh, I don't blame, um, I, I mean, I don't think I, I'm owed anything, but I do think that it's in the interest of the government. And we established then, uh, me and a group of, uh, other activists who are also ex-ultra-Orthodox, we have established an organization to start advocating for our rights and, and trying to push for, uh, changing legislation and funding, uh, for us, for, uh, for people who choose to leave. To so be get supported. less than new immigrants. 
True. And you're and actually, now, you're, actually you're an immigrant I, I, in a way. We love, we love this analogy because whenever an airplane with uh, immigrants or Olim comes from yeah. France or the US, you get headlines in Ynet saying uh, 300 uh, uh, Olim came from the US. And, for, and when you look at the numbers of people who come from the ultra-Orthodox world into Israeli society, it's approximately 3,500 a year, maybe 4,000 a year. And no one talks about that in that way. And no one funds that in that way. No one sees the potential in that way. But I'm happy to say that things are changing. So wow. looking back 10 years ago, there was nothing. Now there is funding coming in from uh, the Ministry of Welfare, uh, Ministry of uh, Defense, Misal um, Bitachon, the IDF has special uh, programs for people who leave, uh, I mean, special policy for people who leave. Um, the Education Ministry has, the Ministry of Education has uh, scholarships and programs to help people who left the ultra-Orthodox world integrate. And this happened in two ways. First of all, on top of everything, we advocated for our rights and we worked very hard to get these changes in place. And I'm very surprised to say, even now, we did not encounter any pushback from any politicians. So not even the most extreme Haredi politicians did not push back against this. Oh. And I think it has to do with the fact that we're not going against anyone. We're just going for ourselves trying to help ourselves. Um, and, and it is in the interest of every father that if his, I mean, if your son marries a non-Jewish girl, you will still support him, right? And, and what's, the, what's the percentage between men and women? So it's 50-50 and it's surprising. We thought there are more men leaving oh. and our, our studies show that it's 50-50. It's easier for women to leave in some aspects and in others, it's easier for men. It's easier for women because they come out with an education. Haredi women because have basically we hear only the bad stories, the the side effects of the bad stories. That's what really comes out strong, but we don't know sure. really what's going on among you. Can you walk us through? Let's say a person comes to you, a young person comes to you at certain age. Can you walk us through the process? What happens? Sure. So in the past few years, since 2017, we've been opening up uh, community centers or merkazei klitais, we like to call them, with the analogy. <laughs> Um, uh, we have one in Jerusalem, one in Tel Aviv, and we're also now, we've just opened in uh, the north and in the south. And when you think of coming out of the Haredi world, you're probably going to start Googling and looking for someone who knows something and can help you. You will find us at the top results and you can reach out to us. We have a service that's going to enable you to uh, get counseling and guidance throughout the entire process. We're not going to reach into the Haredi community to get you out. But if you choose to leave, we're going to be there for you. And that counseling is going to provide um, information on uh, housing, work, uh, what's the next step, army service, uh, education, depending on what stage in life you're in. If you're already married, then we're going to also provide you with uh, some siwa uh, mishpati. Uh, 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 how do you legal, say that? Legal help. Legal help. Legal help if you're, if you're going through a divorce. For everybody, it's safe, or some of them needs uh, to hide. Um, I think I think there are two ways to look at it. I don't think anyone in the ultra orthodox world is going to do anything bad to you if you choose to leave. They're not going to hurt you physically. They might, you know, be very disappointed. But don't they have in some communities? Don't they have like an inside police by the same community? That it's not. It's, it's not something that exists anymore. It used to be very relevant in the eighties and nineties. There was actually a murder, a few murders. That's by why this I group. remember. Yeah. 
It was led by Eliezer Berland, terrible person. But this is not something that's happening anymore. I haven't encountered a story of anyone experiencing physical violence for choosing to leave. Um, but it is true that it's not an easy thing to do. It's a, a very difficult thing to do because you're turning your back on everyone you love, everyone you know. You know nothing about the world you're going to, not culturally, not with the how to, I mean, you don't have an email address probably, you don't speak English, you don't know how to use the internet. So getting along in the world is very extremely difficult. Um, and that's more than enough uh, for you to need help, even if you're not being harassed by the Haredi community. And I will say the Haredi community is changing. The ultra-Orthodox community is changing. You're seeing more and more families in touch with their kids, understanding that this that disowning will not change anything. And that if you're going to disown the first child, then the second child might also leave, and the third, and then you're going to stay with nothing. So people are changing the way they behave, and it's not something that's only happening from the, you know, from the ground up. You're also seeing organizations opened by, there was this new story about, there's a very big Hasidic sect called Bills. Uh, yeah. Their rabbi decided to open up an organization to support people who chose to leave wow. the community. Not to get them back. I mean, that's, they, they say that officially it's not to get them back. I'm sure they hope we will turn back. But their official statement is just to make sure that you have a good life. And that's amazing. That's a beautiful wow. change that's taking place. Amazing. Um, and we're very happy to live in a time where this is happening because we know what used to be the price for choosing to leave. Um, so so going back to Yotzim Hashinoi, to our organization, we try and be there. We try to be there in every uh, uh, decision you might need to make and in every point where you might need to complete some part of education. So if you don't know, um, if you have a cultural gap, we'll have movie nights. Uh, if you don't speak English, we have uh, an entire program for people who are uh, volunteers. And we have hundreds of volunteers. We actually won two years ago the the presidential Otanasi presidential award for volunteering uh, program uh, for volunteers who volunteer in this program and teach uh, privately teach privately tutor Yotzim and Yotzot uh, people who leave uh, if you need a mentor we have a mentorship program where we're gonna help you with the mentor um, we have courses uh, we have uh, scholarships going through us a lot of information a lot of community events um, so we're trying to provide everything. Um, What's the average age? So average age is between 18 and 23. Still young. We can tell people who are younger than 18. And there are a lot of people who are younger than 18 that are leaving the Orthodox world, but we can't help them. It's illegal. I will say, and that's something that's very important to us, is for many years, people perceived Yotzim, people who left, as, as a very, very weak uh the opposite community small. helpless and 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 mostly sad stories that was what was portrayed in media stories you have only heard about us when someone someone uh something happened to one of us or a tragedy happened Suicide. And, and that's it's true it still happens but that's a very small minority now you need to look at that minority and support them but a lot of us which you don't hear those stories are uh, doctors uh, in the media, uh, writers, uh, lawyers, judges, and, and those stories don't get anywhere because they're not interesting. They're mundane, right? I mean, he left the Orthodox world, he worked extremely hard for 20 years, and then he popped up as, a, as an established author. Okay, that's not very interesting. 
Um, and what we're trying to provide is for young people who are leaving now, we're trying to set the bar very high. This is one thing that we're very proud of and that we are working hard, very hard towards. That's something that's very unique to what we're doing is the sky's not the limit. The fact that you grew up in a place that tried to disable you uh, from being able uh, to move forward in life, in a secular life, right? I mean, I was very well equipped for an ultra-Orthodox life, but that does not help once you leave. Um, that does not mean that you can't achieve. Do you still have a kosher home? No. We have a kosher set for, uh, for when family when comes to family. visit. But uh, our home is not kosher. Um, Tell me something. I, I wonder. Uh, I, I have a feeling. I don't know. I don't have facts. Maybe there is more than we think. Or maybe you know. Uh, young people, let's say even starting the age of 16 uh, in the Haredic society and even going up to 40, I don't know, who really believe that uh, the, the, the ultra-religious should change and, and let kids, you know, study math and English and stuff like this. Somehow I feel that you can join forces with them to somehow in a, in a way, you know, in, in, in a not in attacking and no, like in a good manners to try yeah. to to the rabbis, like even to Gaffney, to the parliament members, and yeah, so reach out together, you and the ultra religious boy, who actually share the desire with you. So I totally agree with you, and I think that's the future for sure. The future is uh, everyone who grew up in the ultra-Zach community has still people lo he loves in there, and we all join hands together towards change and improvement in the ultra-Zach community. And it is actually happening now. So there is an organization for education less, because education might seem like, if I'm coming and talking about education in the ultra-Zach world, it might seem like I want people to be secular. But there's a very serious problem in the ultra-Zach community of uh, pedophilia and, and child molestation. And, and that it's not, for many years, it has not been taken care of properly. And uh, in the past few years, and this is totally in a joint effort, ex-Haredi activists and Haredi activists work together establishing an organization uh, that fights against people who molest and, and, and getting them into jail. And that organization turned into a very large NGO where in that NGO, employees are Haredim and ex-Haredim working wow. together to get uh, things to change and doing amazing things. I mean, the the, the woman who was helped by Yaakov Litzman, our pra yeah. previous yeah, Australian, uh, Australian monster. Yeah, so she was uh, she got a jail sentence finally, and the and the group that was working towards that was that organization. So so a lot of things are happening. I have a close friend uh, that she when she was still Haredi, she's not Haredi anymore. She established the, she worked together with National Geographic to get a version of National Geographic for Haredi kids, which is very sweet. Wow. She did that and now she's ex and she still owns that business and she's still doing that. So you, you can't, I mean, it's, it's not just that you can't escape that, but, and that's the future. It's that this is how it should be. I mean, everyone that I love the most is still Haredi. My parents are ultra Orthodox. My brothers and sisters are ultra Orthodox. I didn't stop loving them. My nephews and nieces are living there, and I worry for them. I want them to have a good future. So for me, being 
feeling ownership over the Orthodox community is not something that is, and I know I'm privileged. Again, we've opened up the conversation with this. Your family is not uh, worried that you'll have a different influence on your uh, nephews and uh, nieces? Of course they are, for sure. So how do, how do you, how do you, how do we work around that? How do you follow this dialogue? Um, so we, I don't see my nephews and nieces as much as I would like, uh, would have liked to. And I think, I don't think, I know that it's because my brothers don't want me to have yeah. a bad influence on my nephews and nieces. Um, and I get it. I mean, I'm the one who changed and, and, and I'm honest about that. I'm the one who grew up in one way and, and, and shifted. And if I would have stayed there, I would, would have probably behaved just like them. I mean, I hope I wouldn't. I hope I would have been more open and more liberal, but I know where I grew up. Um, they are Hasidic, Haredi, ultra-ultra-Orthodox Jews. Nice so they don't... Acknowledging yes, but one feel... day he also will have kids and they will maybe be able to celebrate together or to play or, dozens, not, right? or not. So you've asked that question before regarding uh, if I have children, then what? how will I raise them? So that's we have this joke amongst ourselves with Haredim Shava, like ex-ultra-Orthodox, and not only, that we wish we were able to raise ex-ultra-Orthodox kids. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that guarantees that you they, they follow your footsteps, <laughs> right? But that's impossible. Um, I think they will have no choice. I mean, they will think, they will probably think I'm lame and crazy for listening to so much Hasidic music and loving children so much and and loving Yiddish and having so much ultra-Sax family and, and, and uncles who are, I mean, I have an uncle who's the leader of, uh, it's not exactly Netulay Karta, but it's like the the the, the most left-leaning Satmar sect in Williamsburg is my uncle and I love him and we're friends. They will think probably that it's strange. But I think seeing me as an adult behave that way will cause them to be more open and hopefully one day they play with their uh, cousins. Uh, but but who knows? So you'll you send know. them to secular school or to religious secular school? Se secular school, for sure. Yeah. But but the house will be, I mean, I do want to do Kiddush out of my heritage, not, a, not because God told me, but because I think it's a beautiful thing to have a Saturday meal every week, etc. I think you get the, you follow it. You know, like 40, 50 years ago, I was I, I was on a bus going north and I was sitting next to an uh, Orthodox woman uh, who went to her husband was a rabbi somewhere up in the north. And behind us, she had her kids, a boy and a girl, covered from head to toe. And she told me she was a new immigrant from France. And being in France, they, they weren't even thinking about having children because she said in France all the youngsters went to, to have fun they had parties they traveled all over Europe and then all of a sudden they decided to come to Israel they put them in Ashdod or someplace you know in this Shikunim where everybody lives together and then she said it was very really nice you know all the kids and Friday afternoon everybody went home for Kiddush and then she realized she cannot have children she never tried before so she promised herself that if she would have kids, she would become Orthodox. She had the boy and a girl, she became Orthodox. And she said to me, I feel so bad for them. I had such a great life. I was all over the place. They're 
fuck and my daughter keeps telling me don't do this don't do this you cannot do this. <laughs> trying to tell her look a little bit see a little bit no 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 you have to cover more you have to be careful it was she was so uh open about Amazing it but, but wow, it's yeah. really... i have friend i have a very uh um uh a vp now for change his parents growing up his father is a phd he's a doctor medical doctor and his mother is also like she grew up I think in Arizona or something like that. And then they became religious and came to Israel. And he always talks about that. I grew up in a family. My father's uncle established me to wake up. So for me, the path was clear and I got out of there. For him, the loss is bigger. Wow. <laughs> His father is a PhD and he's... Uh, wow. But, but uh, the there, there are many one, Who is the first one you told that when you decided to uh, leave it? No. Um, I think it was, uh, I had a very close friend in yeshiva, in yeshiva, who's, uh, we sort of became secular together. We had this, we used to study uh, heresy in the yeshiva, like the kfira. Uh, we, we would get books, he would get books mostly, and we had access to the internet, so we would get information and we would digest it together. I think... And, and again, this is me being very, very privileged to have a friend to go through this process together with. I had many friends going through this process uh, together, but no story similar to the other. Right. Do you have any communication or relations to the Orthodox uh, leaders that want Medinat Halakha, a Halakha country, or very ultra-Orthodox way? Do you have any relations with them? Do they reach out to you? They, do they try to move you away from your new way? Um, so that, that's a disappointment in my life where I thought that when I'm going to leave, I'm going to hear a lot of people screaming, come back. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty, wow. uh, disappointed about it. I'm actually pretty happy, but uh, only friends wanted me to stay. I, I didn't have any pressure, none, uh, to stay. Um, and at this point, no, not really. We're not in communications. Did you lose uh, any friend over it? Yeah, I lost a lot of friends over it. But to be honest, those are friends I'm very happy that I've lost. Because if they can't stay in touch with someone because he thinks differently, then I, I think I'm better off without them. What do you think will happen? Uh, the way we see now with all this uh, revolution, so to call. And our feeling that you probably now uh, see and hear that the country is going to become really religious and there are a lot of laws which will, you know, like she said, it will become more and more religious and the attitudes toward women are going to change and divorce and everything going to be trying to change everything. Yeah. Um, it's, it's complicated. I'll tell you what I think. I think... And it's, it might surprise you, but I think that this is one of the best times that the state of Israel has known because, and I know it's, it's weird to say, but I think we're finally starting to look straight in the eye of what's going on in this country, the different populations, the, the rate of growth, the, the, play, the, the, the directions that each group is pulling in another direction. Now, this process started before 48 even. 
even before the Tnuat, the, Tnuat, the, the, the Zionist movement, when it was only Chovevei Tzion, lovers of Zion is like the translation, they were not agreeing on what, how the state is going to look like. They were not agreeing and they separated and, 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 and things were very heated. And instead of, and, and I don't blame anyone at that time, we didn't really have time to, to, to actually dissolve the arguments and to, to work out Right. how the state is going to look like because we had the Holocaust coming in the middle and then we had no choice. We had to work together to establish a Jewish home and fight for our lives. And we've been doing that since then. Um, but those arguments and these, these things have been left alone for 75 years. Every government, every government, every single government or every single prime minister, I'd say, worked together with the Haredim. And in, throughout, that, throughout that working together with the Haredim, he actually caused a lot of harm to the state of Israel, and not only to the state of Israel, but to the Haredim themselves. They cannot support themselves financially. I did not get a proper education. My nephews and nieces are not getting a pro proper education. We sort of hoped that it's going to solve it itself. And we looked away. And it's not that, I mean, even in the 90s, we were already talking about the fact that if we don't do anything, then there's going to be a majority of Haredim in Israel, right? I'm sure you know better than me. I was born in the 90s. Um, and nothing was done. Nothing changed. I mean, the the the, the allocations changed a bit. Uh, funding changed a bit. They gained more power now. True, but nothing has changed since then. The only thing that changed now is that we're talking about it, and that we're willing to, to to fight for our ideals from both sides. But we are coming closer, and we have time now. We can change. If we would have woken up in twenty years, when there is a majority. Or in 30 years, when there is a majority of Haredim, then it would have been very different. They're getting much now. more resources now than ever. That's true, but that has not been different uh, in the 70s, and it's, it has not been different in the 80s. Um, I agree that they're stronger now, but ideologies did not change. Ideolo they have been coherent from day one on what they want and the way they see the state. They have I been. Then what you say that it's a, it, it's a good time for change. Exactly. So I'm very optimistic now because I think if you would have not woken up now, we would have been a deer staring into the headlights, and now we're a deer trying to run away from the car coming towards it. So that's an upgrade from where we were a year ago. That's why I'm optimistic. I think that it, the Israeli flag got a new. Uh, uh, yeah. Meaning now and political positions are people underst are understanding better where they're positioned. Um, I think more people are going to go out to vote next time for sure, and we have been lacking on that. I mean, we have not been going out to vote um, from both sides. Again, leaving and and from in the Haredi community, everyone goes out to vote. And but this and, is and this also on our side. Many people didn't go to vote. Many young people didn't go to vote. And now no, I that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Haredim always, if you're if you turn 18, you go to vote. It doesn't matter. You don't you go to vote. And in the secular or liberal community, which I think is from both sides, right and left, people did not go out to vote. That's why we were so weak. The liberals, I think the Zionists, right? The, the people who are mamlachti. Uh, uh, I'm not sure how that translates into English. But now we are waking up, and that makes me very optimistic. Now you asked how it would be to live in a, in a religious state. It would be terrible to live in a religious state. Um, it would not. I, I left uh, a Haredi community because I did not enjoy the way it was and enjoys uh, an understatement. 
Um, so I think I think we we need to make sure, and they will be a majority. This is not something that we can change. I mean, I don't know how many kids you have together, both of you combined. I know how many nephews and nieces I have, so they're winning. We it doesn't have, matter. Of course, of course. Okay. Yossi, so, I, I assume that your your fund is basically uh, philanthropic. Who is who is supporting you in Israel? What kind of um, population? Oh, so so our NGO is based on donations. A very small portion is based on government funding. As I said, the government started uh, putting in. Uh, actually, this uh, Knesset, this uh, parliament, parliament, this parliament, this coalition is the coalition that passed the most money towards oh. it seems ever. So there are also good things How being do done. How do you explain it? I think uh, first things are not black and white. Literally, and I think second, it's in their own interest. It's their children. I mean, my father is Haredi and votes for Haredi uh, parties. He wants me to get help and and to be able to to integrate well. And these this mindset is changing. Um, but most of our funding comes from uh, either uh, foundations, American and Israeli. The leader is the Schusterman Foundation, who were the first donors uh, to offer change, the first supporters or investors. And we also have many uh, private uh, Israelis who are who see the value in helping people who choose to leave and helping them integrate. They see the ROI. They see how far we can get um, with very, in comparison, very little investment. Um, so, uh, yeah. What do you wish for the new year? Nice. Oh, wow, wow it's, a, it's a very good question. <laughs> um, I wish we would, I, for my country, I wish that everyone just calm down a bit and sit and talk ideology and stop thinking it's personal and stop thinking that everyone on both sides wants ill for the state. Everyone wants the same thing, the success, the, 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 uh, the, the success of the state of Israel. It's just that we have different ways of seeing what success looks like. We need to agree on that because otherwise we're not going to have a shared future together. Um, and I wish uh, my brothers and sisters, they would seem that we continue to uh, integrate and succeed. And actually, if we're uh, coming towards the end, I'll say uh, we are going to be in New York. Uh, the organization wow. is coming to New York uh, in a few months. And we might, it's not sure, but we might, we have a, a, a theater show called Kafe Yatsati, oh. uh, which is, it's two actors portraying their life stories and other life stories, very moving, very interesting. Um, so if you might be interested in that, then you should follow us on social media and then you'll get the, you'll get the notice Patience. that happens. Right. And we will, I'll, I'll, I'll follow, uh, of course. Thank you so much. First of all, it was really interesting. Uh, thank you very much. You all next and week. stay as Please. you are. Thank you. See you in New York. Have with a good job. It's nice to do good in the world. Okay. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye.